Welcome back to Seth's Business Bookshelf. In this week's episode, something a little bit different. Five top books on leadership that I find recommending, I find myself recommending the most. Keep listening to find out what they are. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark. And each week, as usual, well, actually not as usual, but normally, as usual, I share with you the three big ideas from the best nonfiction books that I've been reading and do the reading so you don't have to. This week, though, it is something a little bit different. The five books that I recommend the most on the topic of leadership. This started as a bonus episode for Patreon members, and I found myself having this conversation quite a few times recently. So I wanted to share the good things with you all and include this episode in the main podcast. So here we go. This is for you. It is all about the five best books on leadership and I've got a couple of different things in here. I've also cheated a couple of times and put two books in some of the places. So you're getting like seven for the price of five in this little episode. Covering this because I know this is something that people ask me about a lot, like what's the best book for X or what are the best books for X? I've got a team and I want to, you know, maybe it's people who have just been promoted and what book shall I get them in like their kind of little pack of things that they're going to get to support their promotion or joining a new team or whatever it is. So I think these little collated lists uh, or listicle type episodes are sometimes quite useful for that reason. So there we go. So I'll be doing this. If you've got other topics or other top things you'd like me to cover in terms of books for a certain situation or a certain group of people, then let me know because I would love to pull some more of these together if that is useful to you. All right. The first book on our list of five, top five books of leadership is, it's kind of cliche, I know, and I know that a couple of you are going to be rolling your eyes or cheering because this is definitely one of yours as well, it is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. No surprises here. The clue's in the title. And the thing I like about this is it just feels like such a, or it certainly felt at the time, and I think it still is and does still stand up as such a revolutionary and quite radical approach to leadership and all in one place. And then there's other books and a couple of them, which, or certainly one of which I'll cover in the, in the rest of this list in a moment, is this real human or heart-centered approach that is kind of challenging and it's tough, but it's the stuff that people think is soft. So something like dare to lead or courage or heart-centered, you think, oh yeah, it's kind of soft, but they're also too scared to do it. So I just think this book strikes the balance and obviously all the work that Brene does just strikes that balance between the real hard, awkward, shitty stuff. I can think I can swear in these, in these bonus episodes as well, which is a bonus. Um, but, they, but it's the stuff that people don't, don't do, but often dismiss. And I think this is the the beauty of this type of book or this type of content is that we can then talk to clients or talk to teams or talk to people we're working with differently about leadership and what that looks like and means to in, in the modern world. And I think that's the other difference as well. This is quite a different approach. And when I talk to my parents about this type of approach, they're sort of horrified that that's even some of this stuff is even part of a conversation or could or should be part of a conversation in a team at work. It's like, oh, no, no, that's not the sort of stuff you talk about. So there's a lot in here about courage, about daring, about really reflecting on who you are as a leader and some of the behaviours that maybe you have or we've all been guilty of doing that are really damaging and challenging our mindset on what good leadership means, what it is to be kind. And I think there's this point as well, and I talk to a lot of teams where to them kind is being overly nice, smoothing over things, over the cracks that appear and never having the hard conversations. Whereas that is the antithesis really of what Brene talks about is being kind is having those really hard conversations, being really honest about what's going on at the moment, 
being really vulnerable and authentic with how we're feeling, but also balancing that with the not oversharing piece, which she talks a little bit about in, in the book, but also in some of her other work around what, what is the difference in vulnerability and oversharing? Because there, there is a difference. There is quite a big difference actually between the two. The book itself is quite dense. It's quite reflective. I remember reading it sort of 20, end of 2018, a lot long after it came out. It was around a Christmas break and I just thought, oh, I'm really struggling with this. <laughs> is, it just, is it just me? And spoke to a couple of the people who had read it around the same time. They're like, no, no, it's just very dense. I was like, okay, good. It's not just my brain has melted. So it's pretty dense. It's quite reflective. You're not going to sit and go through it in a couple of hours on, on the sofa. The other big thing in there as well is around labeling of feelings and really improving our vocabulary around our around feelings, around emotions and how they play out in the workplace. Now that obviously then is built up even more so in her most recent book, Atlas of the Heart, which I'm going to be talking about on the main podcast in the next few weeks. The other thing about Dare to Lead that I really like is that you can do it. You can put it into practice, even if others aren't around you. Obviously, it's very hard. It is much harder if you're being a really brave and courageous leader and others are operating from a much more fear or scarcity mindset as a leader, but you are not and you're, you're really role modeling some of those things, but you don't need your whole organization to buy into this in order for you to do it. Obviously, it helps if, if that is the case, though. So it's the first book, which is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. The second book in my top five books of leadership, in no particular order, by the way, these aren't in, in any kind of ascending or descending order, is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. This is probably one of the books that I use the most when I talk to teams. And the reason I like it is, or the reason I like the model of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team is because people get it. It starts with trust, it goes to healthy conflict, it talks about commitment, accountability, and then results. People instinctively, when you talk them through that model and you start to, to build that in, that in that pyramid or that hierarchy that it's in, people are like, oh, that makes complete sense. Yeah, of course, if we don't have trust, that's why we're not holding each other accountable. That's why we're not having those hard conversations. That's why we're not disagreeing with each other and no one, everyone's going away and never really following through with anything because we didn't commit to it in the first place. So it gives language to understand how teams work and their phases of development. Now, I must say the book itself is trash. The, the book itself is absolutely diabolically bad because it is a fable, which I hate. I cannot stand a fable. Uh, but the final 20 pages are gold. So if you go and get the book, just ignore all the first section, ignore all the fable. It's terrible. And then focus on the actual model and the, the questions and the ways of applying it at the back, which is probably 20, 30 pages at the very most. And that's where all the good stuff is. So that's the only bits I would recommend using. The Table Group, which is Patrick Lencioni's company, also has loads of really good resources that I share often with teams to help them understand the model. They also have an assessment, which you can do. And I've used actually a few times with teams. It's about 60 US dollars to, to administer. And they get a scorecard with all of the different questions for all of the five different elements of the hierarchy. So if you're into that kind of thing and working with teams, really, really useful to, to do that and using this model. The other thing it helps to do is it helps identify problems at that fundamental level. So it helps you address like, where are you struggling in, in this, this hierarchy? So is it at trust? Is it a healthy conflict, et cetera, et cetera, and then work to fix those. And similar to a lot of other books that are really good around leadership, it helps give language and the ability to measure either using their actual assessment and using that more formal approach or just using some of the ideas in the book to measure and then obviously work to fix what's not working at the moment. So it's book number two, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Book number three is The Coaching Habit. And also, this is where I've cheated, The Advice Trap by Michael Bungay-Stanier. 
big fan of MBS's work, as you probably gathered if you've been listening to the podcast for any period of time. One of the essential skills of a leader is the ability to coach and not just coach from a here's how to do this task and more on the job type coaching, which is is more the, the technical element, but coach from a career development perspective, coach from a performance improvement perspective that is much broader than just how to do something. So MBS sets out why coaching matters and how to do it and stepping away from fixing the problem to helping your team help themselves. He often talks about this idea of being quite lazy in coaching and lazy in facilitation because you're really, what you're doing is creating an environment and creating the the questions and the curiosity around how someone can can help themselves at the at the fundamental level. So the books are really practical. They are quite small as well. They're kind of funky looking and are full of questions and approaches and frameworks and structures that you can use for coaching, whether that's a client that you're coaching or working with, someone in your team, a peer, even someone more senior than you. So I think these are such good essential books. And again, a lot of teams and emerging leaders that I work with are pretty good at doing the technical coaching, but give them someone who maybe doesn't have the same technical background as them or hasn't taken the same career path as them. They struggle to then develop that person because they're like, oh, well, I've had a different experience. So how can I possibly coach them? Because they are doing a different job to me. And particularly where you've got matrix organizations where people aren't always reporting into people who have taken the same path or have the same technical expertise as them. So super useful. I would definitely be putting this into packs for people who have just been promoted into people leadership type roles or some kind of management role where they're going to have people reporting to them a little bit more. This is the type of thing that'd be quite nice to put into a little pack like that. So that's book number three, The Coaching Habit and the Advice Trap by Michael Bungay-Sanya. Book number four is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Now, this probably has most similarity to Dare to Lead in some ways, but it's much more focused on feedback. And I know many organizations are moving more towards something like the Radical Candor model rather than necessarily your old SBIBI or situation behavior impact type models and certainly away from the, the shit sandwich or the feedback sandwiches, some places still, unfortunately, are rolling out and talking about. And the, the thing I love about this book is that it's thinking about feedback as humans. It's thinking about feedback with really transparent, honest language and conversation around what is working, what is not working, what the impact of that is, and how to move forward and how to move forward together. So this one's a much more targeted book on feedback, like I said. So you could pick out that, pick out the models and start to use that in your organization really from the go. Again, it's the sort of one that would be, could be hard to put into practice if your whole organization wasn't using that and people weren't as familiar. But it's definitely something that if you're running a team that you could run a session on, say, hey, this is the model I'd like us to use for feedback and start to change the culture in the area of influence that you have got in order to improve how feedback is done. And especially in situations when, or cultures of, of organizations where feedback maybe isn't as regular as it maybe could or ideally should be. Kim also provides that kind of guidance on when feedback should happen and some ideas on structures and ways of formalizing that so that it doesn't get missed and doesn't fall through the cracks as we know it often does. So that's book number four, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Book number five, which is another cheat one, so this is where you get, again, two for the price of one, is two kind of leadership in re real life books. The first one is A Promised Land by Barack Obama. Needs no introduction. And the second one is My Life in Full by Indra Nui. Now, Indra was the CEO and chair of PepsiCo, if you're not familiar with her or her work. 
Both of these books are really great examples of leadership and leadership in action, leadership in real life where challenges happen, where purpose and values are called into question, where learning is a constant, where you're constantly thinking about the people around you and the impact of the people around you thinking about the trade-offs and decisions and particularly where there's no win-win. And both Barak and Indra in their careers, in their various different leadership roles that they took on, had to make some incredibly hard decisions where they really were having their values challenged. They're thinking, well, hang on, this isn't, this isn't what I believe is to be true or right, but I'm being pulled in these different directions. There's not often not a clear win-win situation as well. Something is going to fall apart. Someone is going to lose as a result. Both of them had such a good grounding of who they were, what was important and what they stood for, that it allowed them to make some really brave decisions in some cases. And even where those things didn't always necessarily get across the line for whatever reasons, I'd say politically or commercially, but it's actually both, both the case for both of them. It still allowed them to be able to still stand in front of their people, whoever that may, may be, to say, this is the decision I made, this is the position I put forward, and this is why, rather than just buckling under pressure all the time or operating out of pure self-interest. You really don't see a lot of that in either of, in either of these books. It also is a great example of operating under incredible scrutiny. And, you know, we, the, and for both of them, the world's lens was on them for a period of time. Obviously, Barack Obama much more visibly and more recognizably, I suppose, than, than Indra had in her role at PepsiCo. But it, both of them obviously had incredible scrutiny given the size of the, the task in front of them and the potential impact of things going wrong in both cases as well. The reason I included both of them is they have a slightly different lens on them and obviously one is clearly much more political than the other. The other thing is Promised Land is very, very long. It's about 600 and something pages. I think it's pushing 700 pages. My Life in Full is not a short book, but if you really couldn't handle a book that is pushing sort of six, 700 pages, then My Life in Full might be a, a good or better option for you. They're both funny as well. They're both also incredibly human, which is something else I really appreciated. Both Barak and Indra talk a lot about the people around them, what, the, what they meant to them the implications of their roles, their seniority, their presence in the world in terms of the, the impact that had on their families, their friends, etc., their relationships and the, the highs and the lows of that. And again, some of those hard decisions they had to make, some of those trade-offs they had to make in terms of where they could be at a given time. They're both very reflective books. And for that reason, I think they're really nice ones to take those lessons from and start to think about what would you have done in those situations? How do you tackle similar things that happen in your life, even if it's not on the same scale as running a huge global company or one of the biggest nations in the world? So they both provide lots of food for thought in that way. So there we go. That was book number five. Well, two books in position number five, which is A Promised Land by Barack Obama and My Life in Full by Indra Nui. So there we go. Five books, five books for leadership. Book number one was Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Book number two is Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Books number three were The Coaching Habit and The Advice Trap, both by Michael Bungay-Stania. Book number four was Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And books number five were A Promised Land by Barack Obama and My Life in Full by Indra Nui. 
If you think I missed something completely from this list, I would love to hear from you. I would love to debate that and think about what other books I could have included in there. There was obviously many others. And look, there's, there's lots of other books that talk about work more generally. I think I'd like to do another list that is more work or career type books. But this one, I really wanted to focus on leadership specifically. There's obviously lots of other skills that come with being a leader, things like negotiation, which I would have included something like Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. But again, that's slightly more skill specific rather than leadership more, more holistically. So if you do have feedback, if there's any other books or content or topics that you would like me to include some books on, then you can drop me a note. Otherwise, until next time, happy reading.